I'm Cindy Lauper. My psoriasis was all over, even on my scalp, which may mean four times the risk for psoriatic arthritis. But Cosentix works on both. Cosentix secukinumab is prescribed for adults with moderate to severe plaque psoriasis 300 milligram dose and adults with active psoriatic arthritis 150 milligram dose. Don't use if you're allergic to Cosentix. Before starting, get checked for TB. Serious allergic reactions, severe skin reactions that look like eczema, and an increased risk of infections, some fatal, have occurred. Cosentix may lower ability to fight infections, so tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms like fevers, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough, had a vaccine or plan to, or if IBD symptoms develop or worsen. Learn more at Cosentix.com or one 844-COSENTIX. Ask your doctor about Cosentix. This is a big year. The Ohio Lottery's golden anniversary. 50 years of excitement, of growing jackpots and crossed fingers. 50 years of funding for schools, of changed lives and brightened days. 50 years of fun. And that is worth celebrating. So watch for can't-miss promotions, huge events, and new games that will make the Ohio Lottery's 50th year its biggest one yet. Learn more at funturns50.com. Welcome to True Crime Garage. Wherever you are, whatever you are doing, thanks for listening. I'm your host, Nick, and with me, as always, is a man that knows that here in the garage, there are no artificial sweeteners, baby. Here is the captain. You know I'm sweet enough, baby. It's good to be seen and good to see you. Thanks for listening. Thanks for telling a friend. Open up the old garage fridge and take a look inside and see that we still have some Mallow Hallows from our good friends over at Tactical Brewing Company. This is a powerful imperial stout aged in oak whiskey barrels, 11% ABV. So you might be expecting this to be a little boozy, but they sweeten this one out for a nice, smooth experience and quite tasty as well. Garage grade, four and a quarter bottle caps out of five. And here's some cheers to our friends for helping us fill up the fridge this week. First up, a cheers to Emily Vance in Los Angeles. And also we have Maddie. She's from Bogan Gate in North Southwest Australia, whatever that means. Everybody we just mentioned, they went to our website, clicked on the pint glass, and that helped us out with this week's beer run. Yeah, B-W-E-W-R-U-N, beer run. If you're digging the music from the show... Follow us on Spotify. You can make your own True Crime Garage playlist. It's great to sleep to. It's great to study to. Enjoy, my friends. And that's enough of the business. All right, everybody. Gather around. Grab a chair. Grab a beer. Let's talk some true crime. Our 
first off, I just want to start off by saying thank you for coming out tonight. I am Colonel William Davis, Chief Deputy of the Hartford County Sheriff's Office. I know this briefing comes in late in the day, but, but last night we received critical pieces of information and our detectives have been working throughout the night and today running down our new leads. Once the new evidence came to light, Sheriff Gaylor was adamant that we needed to inform our community as soon as possible, and that's why we're here tonight. As you know, since Saturday, August 5th, 12 days ago, the Hartford County Sheriff's Office has been working around the clock to get justice for Rachel Morin and hopefully bring peace to her family. Since that first day, over 300 community tips have flooded our inboxes and emails. Her death has grabbed local, state, national, and international headlines, everyone with the same goal, find the killer and bring justice to Rachel. DNA evidence is, is part of nearly every modern day investigation. And in Rachel's case, DNA evidence was collected by our forensic services unit. That DNA was analyzed by the Maryland State Police and it was ran through the National CODIS system. DNA evidence is, I mean, this DNA evidence has come back as a match tied to a home invasion and, insult, and an assault of a young girl in Los Angeles this past March. Unfortunately, that suspect has not been positively identified, but he did leave behind his DNA. Based on the DNA evidence, we consider the individual in the video we obtained from the Los Angeles Police Department and that we are about to show you on our TV screens to be the person that murdered Rachel Morin on August 5th. Based on our analysis of, of this video and witness observations, we believe the suspect to be approximately five foot nine, 160 pounds, and of Hispanic descent. If you have any information about this suspect, we are asking you to please call our detectives at our tip line. And the tip line number is 410-836-7788. And we've also established a dedicated tip email address. And that email address is rmtips at harfordsheriff.org. Again, that's rm as in Rachel Morin, tips at harfordsheriff.org. Well, you heard it there, folks, in this week's trailer number two, as we call it here in the garage. That is the Harford County Sheriff's Office telling us that they have started to hone in on a suspect. Now, the difficulties here, they do not know the name or identity of this suspect. What the science is telling them is that DNA, suspect DNA that's collected at the murder scene of Rachel Morin, there on the Ma and Paul trail system, once they enter that into the CODA system, they get a hit. The hit tells them that whoever perpetrated, whoever killed Rachel Morin was also involved in a home invasion sexual assault case in Los Angeles County in California, clear on the other side of this country. Well, and think about this for a second. If you're law enforcement, you have this vicious murder and now you have DNA that matches another attack. So we know that this individual is extremely violent, extremely dangerous, but not only that, but they're from the other side, or at least they have criminal activity on the other side of the country. 
this is very dangerous for anybody because basically this whole United States is this guy's playground. Well, and that's a very scary thing. And I don't know that that has really rang through and rang true to everybody out there in listener land or people that are following this case online is that whoever perpetrated a home invasion sexual assault in Los Angeles, California in March of this year, 2023, then went to Maryland in August of 2023 and attacked, ambushed and killed a woman in Maryland. That is some, frankly, some very scary stuff here. And what other crimes is this individual possibly connected to? So here's the thing. There's a couple things that we could probably take away from this. Right. One is if he is in CODIS for these two different crimes, but remains unknown being that we do not know his first and last name. One thing here is that he's not committed any other crimes that he was that they took his DNA and that he was arrested for because they would quickly be able to identify him by name. So that hasn't happened. And usually when you find this type of situation, this is strange because remember we talked about a very similar situation with the back to school killer just a few weeks ago, but he was committing crimes all in the same state, Virginia. Right. In this case, Completely across the country. It does not get much further apart between Maryland and California. Although the Big Ten's going to try to tell us that they're not so far apart. Right. But do you, don't you think that this possibly, because his DNA is not in CODIS, do you think this possibly means that we're looking for a younger yeah. suspect? Yes, I, I think... I was of that belief before we get further information, and I know that you were as well there, Captain, but what we do have is a bit of a description from police, and this is a description that's coming from, I want to be clear on this, because there's different reporting, because we have different jurisdictions that are so far apart, we're getting different reporting on this case that we now are told science tells us we're committed by the same perpetrator. Now, the people from Harford County... In Maryland, those authorities are telling us that they believe that the suspect is approximately five foot nine inches tall, approximately 160 pounds, and they believe that he is between the ages of 20 and 30 years old. He has dark hair and a muscular build. Now, why do we know that? Well, we have the video that they reference in that press release. And we're going to describe that video for you. But again, let me describe the the suspect as they are describing him to us. Right. Approximately five foot, nine inches tall, 160 pounds, believed to be between the ages of 20 and 30 years old, dark hair, muscular build, and believed to be of Hispanic descent. Well, you left out one thing. Huge pile of shit. We are going to do our best to describe this video to you. And if possible, we'll put it up on our social as well. So you can view it for yourselves. It's a very quick video that the police are showing us at this press conference. And this video did start to make its way on social. And I remember you and I talked about it briefly when we first caught wind of this case, but it's, it's a weird video because what it shows and I've seen a couple different versions of this video, Captain. The video that they show at the press conference 
shows a man as described as as we just described him as the Hartford County Sheriff's Office just described him leaving a residence and it appears that he is leaving through the front door going out the front door shirtless. of this home shirtless uh shoes or no shoes I've been trying to figure that part out he he doesn't have I wouldn't call it a mohawk but it's a high fade haircut with with dark hair on top definitely a muscular build they probably, I'm guessing the authorities in LA have taken some dimensions from that door and they have a pretty good idea of his height and weight, one, based off of that door, but two, in some versions of this video, not the one shown at this press conference, but in some versions, you can see a hand and an arm closing the door behind the perpetrator after he leaves this home. And this video is coming from... Like a doorbell ring cam. Yeah, and so what you have here, Captain, very likely is the surviving victim, maybe even the person's arm hand that is shown closing the door, is offering a description to Los Angeles authorities. Yeah, so let's just be clear about that. So the video shows this individual leaving the house, and then as the door is closing, you can almost see a hand helping the door shut and yes. that makes the video to me very confusing and i know some of you out there are going well of course it's confusing to you captain because you are what they call a dumbass but it's pronounced dumas my issue with it is you have a guy that breaks into a house attacks somebody you would think that they would attack that individual and just leave. This almost looks as if somebody is just leaving after a date or something is leaving and somebody's letting them out. That's what it looks like to me. With the exception of the no shirt thing, right? With the exception of no shirt, this almost looks like a couple buddies came over for Monday night football and I escorted one of them out and closed the door behind them. Why would your buddies come over for football and have their shirts off? No, I said... Minus the part with the oh. no shirt. Now, hey, maybe their team won and they went full <laughs> Hulk Hogan and just ripped that baby right off. But here, here's what's weird, Captain. Exactly how you described it is strange, not just to you, but to everybody else out there. I couldn't make heads. My first reaction was, well, hell, I don't know if there was really a crime committed here. It almost looks like the person walked him out and, and he just left nonchalantly and the person just casually closes the door behind him. Yeah, because it almost, he almost makes a gesturing motion as to, it's its like when you go to close the door and you kind of hesitate because you want to, the door to close softer. He almost makes that motion before he turns around to leave. Doesn't seem like he's leaving in like a crazy hurry. No, he's not fleeing the scene. Other he than he is obviously carrying items with him and he doesn't have clothing on which may include the shirt that is not on his back he might be carrying the shirt out of there right and possibly his shoes and possibly his shoes yeah you know what i'm watching it again and that it, that is Just definitely confusing. a shirt or a jacket that he's carrying and but he gets lucky as hell doesn't he because he doesn't turn and look at the doorbell camera yeah this guy's a piece of shit with a horrible haircut and he's got his little gold chain 
It almost looks like a shitty version of the Flock of Seagulls haircut. He's You can see him leaving, but as the captain pointed out, and rightfully so, nobody would describe this individual as fleeing the scene. He's, he's leaving rather casually, Nonchalant. gets lucky, because he doesn't turn and look directly at the, the doorbell camera. So here's what we do, right? We go out. You got to pound the pavement sometimes. You got to put that nose to the grindstone, right? You put put your ear down to the ground and you hear what's shaking loose. And here's what your friend, yours truly, has heard coming out of L.A. I want to start off by saying this is something that we've talked about well in the past. But you go from jurisdiction state to state. Right. A charge of sodomy could mean any number of things depending on which state you are in. Okay, it's a very the the degree of the definition of sodomy in many jurisdictions varies to to a wide degree. Now, home invasion as well. In most jurisdictions, what the term home invasion means is that anybody who enters a premises without permission who intends to commit a crime inside of that premises. So that makes it a very loose term when you really think about it. So this individual could have, A, climbed through a window. B, could have even been invited into the home with intent to commit a crime. Once he is inside the home and starts to take control of the situation and starts to commit the crime, starts to violate and victimize the persons inside, it becomes a home invasion regardless of how he got into the home. Right. So this has caused a lot of people to question this video and question the victims in the LA situation, the home invasion, sexual assault, because people were saying, well, if he left so casually, one would expect that he entered through the front door. And when you enter through the front door, you are typically looking in the direction that would provide police and everybody else, and here in this case, the public, who police need their help finding this guy, right? a straight shot of this dude, or at the very least, like a profile, a good profile picture. Instead, all we get is him exiting the property, and we get just a little touch of the face, just enough. Glimpse of shit. There to make you think you can figure out what this guy looks like. I don't think you can. So how did he get into the property? Now, it stands to reason he could have broken through a window climbed in through an unlocked or open window. That would explain why we don't have front door camera footage of him entering the premises. Or also if there was just some weird scenario where there was a glitch at the camera at the time. And here's where I think this story gets crazy. You just said weird scenario. I'm going to give you the weird scenario that I have heard. And this makes some sense when you really start to kind of sort it out. So from my understanding, I've been told by somebody that is close to the investigation that when LA police or the sheriff's office, whomever responded to this home invasion, sexual assault call found three persons residing inside that home. Okay. So there was a mother and two children a son and a daughter. The mother, from my understanding, was half in the bag. 
She's so drunk they didn't even bother to take a statement from her. From my understanding, it's the daughter that was assaulted or attempted assault against this younger female. Right. Now, that would explain several things. Did this guy get spooked and start to walk out on his own and somebody, the victim, gets up, the the young female gets up and closes the door behind him? Does the drunken mother walk into a situation and not fully understand what she's seeing, kind of shoes the guy out, kind of chases him out a little bit, but not with a gun or not with a knife or anything like that, and shuts the door bef- behind him? I don't think that's the brother. And I, I here's why. I think that, that and look, I'm going to get a little gender-ish here on you, if that's even a word, but I think I think that a brother would probably get a, you would see a little more of the brother chasing this dude out. I think that what yeah, but again, you don't, you don't know the scenario inside the house because exactly because the crime could have happened with inside this girl's bedroom. This guy's leaving the bedroom. The brother's sitting there watching TV. He goes, all right, man, I'm going to hit the road. Okay. We'll see you later. And he walks him out. And I, we also shouldn't get into the weeds of how old is this victim. All we're told is that it's a younger female. And so could that mean 17, 18? Possibly. Could it mean 8, 9, 10? Possibly. We don't know. They've not released the age or the name of the victim from my understanding. If they have, I've not come across that information. Right. Here's the thing. And I don't mean to scare the socks off of everybody, but... It would not be the first time that a mother invites a grown man into her home, gets drunk, passes out, only to wake up later and find said man in daughter's room, up to the complete no good, victimizing the young girl. Is there a chance that this mother walks into a scenario that she can't fully understand what's happening? Because it's in the moment and it's quick. It's quick. He gets up and goes, oh, it's not what you think it is. It's not what you think it is. And then leaves. And she closes the door behind him and then seeks information from her daughter. And then finds out, oh, snap, this dude tried to rape my daughter. Now we need to get the police involved. So from my understanding, Captain, what I've been told is that when police arrive on the scene, they take a statement from the daughter and from the son. Now, here's where people get angry at these victims. And I don't know if it's right to be angry at these victims or not. And you will rarely ever hear me say that. I Nobody wants to victimize the victims more. Nobody should ever want that. Nobody should want these people to fall under scrutiny themselves. But there, are, there's a. But it happens all the time in sexual assault and rape. Well, and, but there's th- there's the only a, time that we take victims and go, well, we don't really believe you. Well, I believe the victims. The problem that I'm having with this case is what I I think a lot of people have a problem with. I think a lot of people out there believe that one of these people inside that home may know more about this individual than what they've told. My other suspicion here too is that. Yeah, but that happens a lot, you know, when the... But why protect him? Why would anybody want to protect... Well, sometimes they're not protecting them. They think they're protecting themselves because they're more afraid of that individual. Could it, and, be, a, could it be a cousin, an uncle, 
Yeah, or just somebody that they, they know is violent, or maybe he's connected to other violent people. So it's one of those things, well, if I go to cops and I tell you, hey, this this guy, the guy's name was Ray, and they go arrest Ray, well, you're not so worried about Ray getting out of jail. You're worried about who Ray is connected to. My other theory here, too, and I, I don't know that this holds a lot of weight, because I believe, I hope, that if this is the case, that they would release this information to the public. But one suspicion I've had in this case is that maybe if he is known to any of those persons inside of that home, that he might only be known by a nickname. Um, But again, I hope that if that's the case, that the authorities would release that nickname because a lot of times the old nickname doesn't fall too far from the tree of the real name. Or the nickname itself could be an identifier to people in the community that could come forward and give you his real name. Not always, but sometimes the nickname is coming from a possession one owns, like a large boat. I want to toss this out, though, because we have a crime that takes place in L.A., and we have a crime that takes place in Maryland. My thoughts started going to, well, maybe he's not traveling the country. Maybe he's originally from Maryland and just went on vacation to L.A. Right. Cause it seems and now more, he's back in Maryland. Seems more likely that you would take a vacation to L.A. than you would to Maryland. Or he's on the run and he thinks that the police know more about him than they do in the L.A. case. Right. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, I highly recommend that you give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com garage today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash garage. This show is proudly sponsored by BetterHelp. Check out BetterHelp.com garage today. Do you want to set your child up for success? Of course you do. That's why you need to check out IXL Learning today. IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids covering math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed to help them really understand and master topics in a fun way. It's powered by advanced algorithms. IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or or personality. There's one site for all kids in your home pre-K to 12th grade. Kids could use it at home on their computer or on an app on your phone or a tablet. No more grading those worksheets. IXL grades everything for you. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. I love recommending IXL learning. Kids can learn at home or on the go. And all my friends and family that are using it 
absolutely love it because it's so easy to set up and so easy to use. And even the kids that I've recommended it to their parents have told me, hey, Captain, thank you. I was having problems in math and my parents couldn't help me, but IXL could. Do you want to get your kids back on track or do you just want to get your kids ahead? Do so with IXL Learning. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And True Crime Garage listeners get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when you sign up today at IXL.com slash garage. Visit IXL.com slash garage to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Check out IXL.com slash garage today. The best part of spring cleaning takeaway is the post-clean clarity you get. It's kind of like when you find out that you've been paying a fortune for wireless. When Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all of your existing contacts. Ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for 15 bucks a month. Save a lot of money with Mint Mobile. Get their great mobile wireless service delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. That's premium service at a great price. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash TCG. That's mintmobile.com slash TCG. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash TCG. $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factor's no-prep, no-mess meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients that you can trust. Make your day delicious. From breakfast to dessert, stay fueled with easy, nutritious options. Treat yourself to restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. I am new to Factor, and I have been loving every minute of it. I have a problem, and it's called lunch. Some days I need a pack of lunch, and some days I work from home. Whether I'm at home or whether I'm on the go, Factor is fueling my lunch from now on. Head to factormeals.com slash truecrimegarage50 and use code truecrimegarage50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code truecrimegarage50 at factormeals.com slash truecrimegarage50 
to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. All right, we are back. Thank you so much for joining us here in the garage. Cheers onward and upward, Colonel. Cheers to all of you out there. Cheers and and have a safe trip out to Orlando, Florida for this year's Crime Con and stop by and say hello to the Colonel if you get a moment. Now, I don't know here, Captain, if this is just yours truly barking up the wrong tree, but what I could not dismiss until we get further information is there's another case that I wonder if this has any ties to the case that we're talking about now. We know, we know that there's a connection, a DNA connection between the home invasion in LA and the murder in Maryland in Bel Air, Maryland. There's another case of a woman's body that was found wrapped in plastic in a bedroom in Los Angeles. And this is very recently here. Yeah, I read about that. So I'll, I'll read an article. Uh, the mom found her, right? Correct. So a disturbing discovery unfolded in a Los Angeles residence over the weekend uh, when a mother stumbled upon a woman's body wrapped in plastic while investigating a suspected gas odor emanating from her son's room, as reported by local police. The deceased has been identified as Hannah Rachel Collins, a 30-year-old native of Mississippi who had been visiting friends in Los Angeles since June. Her mother revealed that Collins had recently celebrated her 30th birthday on August 1st and had last been in contact with her family on August 7th. The exact circumstances surrounding Collins' presence in the residence remain shrouded in mystery, and authorities have yet to disclose the connection between her and the 26-year-old man whose room she was discovered in. Note that 26 years of age would fall right in the middle, practically, of our 20 to 30 years old for our suspect in the other two cases. Right. The article goes on to say that Los Angeles Police Department homicide detective has said that Collins' death is currently being treated as an undetermined death investigation and that an autopsy and full toxicology report are pending. Although the Los Angeles Department of Medical of the Medical Examiner completed Collins's autopsy early in the morning, determining the cause of death could take four to six months, according to public information. Additional investigation and toxicology testing, as requested by detectives, will contribute to this extended time frame. Collins's mother, choosing to remain unnamed, said that she was notified of her daughter's death by the medical examiner's office on August 14th. This article right here comes out August 19th. And I have to read this part of the, the article here, Captain. Can you imagine well, this, this finding will... a dead body in your child's room? can you imagine a newspaper and police department that would not reveal that dude's name? And I get it. Maybe they're like, we don't, it's an undetermined death technically from the medical examiner, but she didn't die of natural causes and wrap herself in plastic. So 
The article goes on to say, expressing her distress, the grieving mother. So this, the woman that they find dead is from Mississippi. She's visiting on a very extended trip, several months long, visiting in LA. Now, the article clearly states the reason for her being found in that residence is shrouded in mystery. Nobody, either it's not come to light why she was there or they don't know why she was there or found in that location. But the mom here is saying she's in Mississippi, gets contacted that her daughter is found dead in someone's house in this son's bedroom wrapped in plastic, expressing her distress. The grieving mother stated on Thursday, quote, someone murdered my daughter. That's homicide. Someone wrapped her in plastic. Someone did that to her. I don't understand why his name is kept a secret, end quote. And it's not been reported, and and we've discussed this off mic, but I wonder if that smell of gas wasn't the smell of a decaying body, but if it was actually gas that was put onto the victim the victim's mother goes on to say that she questions the timeline of of events and rightfully so she's saying i don't know how long my daughter was dead did this person's mother give him time to run and then call the police and clearly stating what everyone's thinking something is not right here no duh right i mean this is insane. And and again, I think uh the victim's mother has a has a right to question these things because we know a lot of individuals that would not do the right thing and they would try to p- protect their child. And I want to be clear here, we do not have any evidence at all that this situation is connected to Rachel Morin's murder. No, we're calling this segment Colonel's hunch. Da, 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 da. But, da, 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 da. but we're talking about a body. We're, look, similar victimology. If this woman was murdered, yeah, it's similar victimology. And why are they not releasing the name of the, the son who occupied that space inside that home? And I just want to bring up something. And I, I think people are going to find this pretty fascinating. And then they're going to go, wow, the captain might know more about shit than we thought he knew. So this individual that this son with this woman's body in his room, dead body in his room. Well, we have the DNA from the one assault. We have the DNA from this murder that took place in Maryland. Well, couldn't we do some genealogy? So then we could test the mother that found the body. Well, you probably could find things that would tell you the DNA of the the son that occupied that space. That's what I'm saying. But and compare it to you your unknown right assailant's but, DNA that you have on file. But what I'm saying is, you can't do a genealogy test, at least in the murder case in Maryland, because I believe that there there's a something in their laws where where there's a time frame in which you can do that type of testing, but I don't think they've reached that time period yet. Well, and again, you wouldn't need genealogy. You, if you can confirm that a murderer lives in that home, you know the the mother's name. 
So she either gets arrested for obstruction of justice or she tells us the name of her son, who is an adult, and you should be able to easily track that. That's the thing, too. We don't need mom to tell us this kid's name. He's 26 years old. He very likely has a state ID or a driver's license or has worked a job. What, what's so curious to me is why LAPD would choose not to release this, this person's name. He is considered, he has to be considered a suspect, even though it's an undetermined death. He does have to be considered a witness, somebody that they would like to speak to right. in this death investigation. What the fuck is the problem? Yeah, maybe it's just they're holding back that information for for a reason. Well, then tell us that reason, right? right? It, it's it, it's very incredibly Well, you aggravating. don't have to tell us the reason, but you can tell us you're holding back that information even if you just said for the protection of that individual, that's fine. You're in law. You're in law enforcement. You can do that as long as you're working the case. Tell me something. LAPD has a less than pristine reputation. You right? think? And I'm I, dude. I'm a boy in blue. I back the men and women in blue daily. Yeah, you don't have to say it every but, episode. But the thing here is, do the right thing. Do the right thing. So let's we we do need to talk about this other victim here, Hannah Rachel Collins, thirty years old, and she is uh, a a one time resident of both Richland and Jackson, Mississippi. She pursued a radiology studies at Holmes Community College and was employed at the time of her death. And then this article wraps up by saying, as investigations continue, authorities aim to shed light on the circumstances surrounding. This perplexing case that has left the family in mourning and a community seeking answers. The point I was trying to make was the fact that we have these rules and regulations to go, well, we can't run this type of genealogy test until this time period of the investigation or until the individual is actually arrested. That is protecting criminals. And we shouldn't have laws like that. We should have less laws that protect criminals and more laws that actually protect victims. There are persons out there that are lobbying to take genealogy detective work completely out of detective work to begin with. Yeah, and those those people are idiots. And so and here's the thing, you know, we're talking about this is now, mind you, we are recording this a few days in advance, so all we can hope for here is that before this reaches your earballs, they capture this monster in right. both cases, whether they're connected or not. But capture this guy, and here, here's the thing. This is an active, very live, very fresh manhunt. We do not know the name of the person that we are hunting. We do not know the name of the person that killed Rachel Marin, but what we do know is is we have his DNA, and when we do find the individual, we will be able to 100% clear a suspect or arrest them and have solid evidence to take this thing to court. So what this situation we're describing to you right here is a murder that took place less than two months ago. There's these types of cases in every jurisdiction in this country. They're cold cases. We have suspect perpetrator DNA. We have it somewhere on file. We collected it at the murder scene, collected it from the victim. Some jurisdictions are doing the genealogy work. We're allowed to, and when allowed to, as the captain's pointing out, 
and others jurisdictions are not. Why? Bulls. Why? Why when when a, when an organization like the Porchlight Project calls up a jurisdiction and says you have the suspect's DNA in a murder case from 1992, and we are willing to pay for it to be tested in the private sector? Why the hell would you say no? But they do. Well, that's why you should stop constantly claiming that you're a blue blood. Well, that person that answered the phone on that day does not represent men and women of law enforcement in every jurisdiction across this country. Yeah. that per- there We've said it a million times. There are people that are good at their jobs, people that are bad at their jobs. Stupid or lazy. Every walk of life, every career has people that are good at their jobs and people that are bad at their jobs. I mean, there's also people. Us. There's also people that don't even tick, don't even tick, don't even move the needle on the old give a shit factor, on the old give a shit meter. They don't get. They don't move the needle at all. And so, if if you don't care, give it to somebody that does care. Right. And I hope. I mean, think about that. I mean. Well, here, here. I've, I've tried to explain this to people. I go, because, you know, especially like people that like from our hometown and stuff that go, hey, I, I listen to your podcast. Congratulations. And you guys are doing big things. And, and I always say, well, you know, yes, I help out and, I, and I'll take some credit. But I've said since we started this thing, I, I always applauded you because I've felt like you have gone above and beyond. I mean, you spend a lot of time. I mean, heck, just to go to the meetings, you have to travel a couple hours. And what you guys are doing in Project Porchlight. And look, we we always say a friend of the show, James Renner, but it's pu- it's public knowledge that me and James have disagreed on several things. But I, I have a hard time faulting the guy on anything because I, I also know how hard he's worked on the Project Porchlight. And when you guys go and connect with these departments and then you've come back to me and said, yeah, we looked into this case and, but they don't want our help. It makes no sense at all. It's, it's frustrating. And, uh, and, but I commend you and, 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 you know, just as a side note, if you have extra $10 in your pocket and you want it to go to a good fund, you know, check out the Porchlight Project and uh, donate if you can. Porchlightonline.org is where you can go to learn more about that organization or to make a quick donation. The here's here's the other reason for bringing up this other case, Captain. Right, whether connected or not, who has authority? Who has jurisdiction in both of the the cases? LAPD. The one, the home invasion sexual assault case, LAPD. The one where the body's found wrapped up in in a son's bedroom and they're not releasing the son's name, LAPD. The reason why you bring up this case, even if it's not connected, I think there's a chance that it could be. Because it's not terribly far. Those two LA cases are not terribly far from one another in proximity. But, and in time frame too. We we know that this this young, poor young woman was last heard from. Her family believes that they spoke to her on, on August 7th. So do you do you got a killer bouncing back and forth across country or here's my other thing that I fear too even if the cases are not connected what does the one case show us that for whatever reason LAPD is not releasing that individual's name the body the person that that the room belongs to the person that sleeps in that bed in that room where a body is found wrapped in plastic 
They've not released his name. So it doesn't seem out of the realm of possibility, does it, that they may know the name of the perpetrator in the home invasion sexual assault case and for whatever reason they've come up with, we're just not going to release their name? Yeah, but what's the joke? Uh, what does LAPD stand for? Lazy ass police department. Thank God I don't have to go out there anytime soon, right? <laughs> yeah. We talked about uh, captain's know. not going to Florida. Guess where neither of us are going for a long time. Well, that's and why it's a I great can't state. I want to go out there. SoFi Stadium. My goodness, everybody wants to go. Well, that's there. why I can't go to Florida because if they find me, they'll beat me half to death. Here's so. go ahead. So that's why I'm not going to LA either because yeah, they'll be waiting for me at uh, LAX. They'll make an example. Hey, Captain, uh, what did you call us? Lazy ass police department. We're going to beat the hell out of you. And, and look, my apologies if there's somebody out there listening that works for that department and they want to call us up or tell us why everything seems a little weird out there. Please explain it to us. We we will quickly flip to the other side. Well, no, and like I said, I mean the the problem with the title of this category that everybody listens to and everybody watches. It's called True Crime. And the fact of the matter is I've been saying it for seven years. It should be called What We Think We Know So Far. Because as much as we're bashing LAPD, there is a possibility that they're holding back this information for an actual reason. Good reason. Yeah. Yeah. For good reason. and, And so we can get frustrated. But, uh... Look, it's but it, we don't know for for certain, obviously. And it's easy to get worked up. So, in our defense, it is easy to get worked up about these victims and people that have been victimized and been killed and their and had good lives their whole life ahead of them and were were snuffed out by some some monster. Oh, and, and and you know, I'm I'm glad I didn't go on a 15 minute rant, but I'm so sick and tired of these sexual assault and rape charges where we have we start questioning the victim you know we don't we don't question robbery victims we don't question murder victims you know what i mean so well and that's the thing in in rachel's case that has sickened me where we have people that have come out and said well she went out there hiking or walking alone well she was on a bunch of of dating websites uh she has five children look guess what kind of world i want to live in a world where you can have five children, be on dating websites, and go out walking alone in a public place and not get murdered. I just like to start living in a society where men in general respect women more. And I know like complete the, monsters. And I and I know that there's a lot of good guys out there. And that's also the frustrating thing though, too, is like it seems like there's a lot of women that don't they're not interested in the good guys. They're a little boring. You know, but it's like, you know, Having a man respect you should be high on your list. And 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 this is stuff that we can be teaching our society. And, and we, you know, don't get me started on the school system, but it's like, let's knock off this whole standardized school testing <laughs> bullshit and let's teach some, you know, basic respect and responsibilities and financial responsibilities. And, but... We're never going to do that. One person I do want to give a shout out to here before we wrap up, Captain, is Nancy Grace, who many have followed in the true crime world for many years. She's been obviously been on TV, podcast, all different forms of media throughout the years. I did tune in and listen to a portion of her show where the sheriff from Harford County 
was having a conversation with Nancy Grace, and the sheriff out there is Jeffrey Goller. I love what he and his department is doing with the YouTube videos, with the updates, with the press conferences, being as transparent as they can be. Again, they've held back a lot of information, but being upfront with the public, asking the public for help, and then going out and spreading the word. So he goes on as a guest on Nancy Grace's show. And the reason why Nancy gets a big shout out this week is because they're discussing the video of the home invader, sexual assault person, perpetrator leaving the home caught on the doorbell camera in LA. And they're discussing how he got lucky, right? You can only see the back of his head and he turns just so slightly, but you can't see his face. And Nancy said, look, the back of this man's head is not going to identify him to the public unless he, unless he were a cone head <laughs> would be the only, would be the only way that the back of this man's head would lead to an arrest. But regardless of that, of that great joke that, that Nancy threw out there, we beg all of you, please go and check out this video. Take a look at this person because it could help you out. You may see this person out there. And if he's out there crossing country, if he's out there crossing the country, crossing over state lines, going into different communities and assaulting and killing people, we all need to be on the lookout for this individual. He's most likely, I, I would almost bet money that this is a, a serial killer and he'll be connected to other cases. And, um, or a yeah. serial killer in the making. Yeah, and you know we don't always agree with Nancy Grace. She used to annoy the crap out of me. But, you know, I met her in person at CrimeCon years ago, and she charmed the pants off me. So He's never put them back on ever uh, since. <laughs> the, if you have a tip or if you have any information in Rachel Morin's case, please, please reach out to the Sheriff's Department. They're doing great work over there, and they want to solve this quickly. They want to arrest this man and find this man as fast as they can. They can be reached the following methods. www p3tips.com or you can call them at 1-888-540-8477. If you get a chance, check out the video. We'll have a clip on our website at truecrimegarage.com. If you are a member of law enforcement and would like for True Crime Garage to feature a case from your jurisdiction, please find our contact information on our website, truecrimegarage.com. I want to thank everybody for joining us here in the garage for everything True Crime Garage. Check out truecrimegarage.com or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at True Crime Garage. Colonel, do we have any recommended reading for the beautiful listeners? Yes, we do, Captain. You know... Not too long ago, we featured a three-part series called Sam Little, The Killer of Women, and that was episodes 585 through 587 on your True Crime Garage listening dial. Today, we're featuring a book about Samuel Little, and this book is called Behold the Monster, Confronting America's Most Prolific Serial Killer by Jillian Lauren, a New York Times bestselling author. This book is fantastic. I cannot recommend it enough. In fact, you don't have to take my word for it. 
Great author, best-selling author Michael Conley says, Sam Little is the monster in this story, and Jillian Lauren is the slayer. She is the one who stuck her nose into it, saw something was not right, was dreadfully wrong, in fact, and did something about it. Check out Behold the Monster by Jillian Lauren. You can find that great title and many more on our recommended page at our website, truecrimegarage.com. And until next week, be good, be kind, and don't litter. I was shocked, you know? They were always such a good team, so successful. But to do something like that? To exceed their budget? While being over budget might not be a crime, it can disrupt workflows. With Monday.com, you and the team can be sure that you're all in sync. All the data, latest updates, files, and budgets are visible to everyone, so you won't miss a thing. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com.